Welcome to the Factual Forecast, a look at the week's biggest stories and what they mean from the editors at Factual. I'm Jimmy Lovis. Today is May 12th, and in this week's forecast, we've got Sweden considering NATO membership, Somalia's presidential election, Turkey's foreign minister visiting the US, Australia's election, and a look at recent cartel violence in Colombia. You can also read about these stories and more in our weekly newsletter, which you can find a link to in the show notes. We should be one step closer to knowing if Sweden will join NATO on Sunday. That's when the country's ruling Social Democrats will announce whether they have decided to end a decades-long opposition to joining NATO, paving the way for the country to join the military alliance. For much of its modern history, Sweden has rejected military alliances, preferring to act as a neutral third party concerned with ending conflict through dialogue. Through the Cold War, it dealt with the Soviet threat by defense spending aimed at defending itself. However, Russia's invasion of Ukraine shifted public opinion and Sweden quickly pledged to provide defensive aid to the country. And now public support favors joining NATO. Now, it's possible an application to join NATO would be made shortly after the decision, potentially coming as a package deal with fellow EU member Finland, which has also historically remained outside the alliance. Both countries, with their advanced, well-equipped militaries and a history of cooperation with NATO, would likely be fast-tracked through the process. Russia has warned both countries of consequences if this were to happen. Somalia is finally having a presidential election. If things go as planned on Sunday, the country's parliament will select a president from a list of nearly 40 candidates, including incumbent President Mohamed Abdullahi Mohamed, also known as Formaggio. Of course, the election comes following more than a year of delays marked by political deadlock and violence. Somalia has faced a national leadership crisis since April of 2021, when President Formaggio controversially extended his presidential mandate, triggering an ongoing feud with Prime Minister Mohamed Robel. After missing multiple deadlines, Somalia's parliamentary elections were finally completed last month, paving the way for this weekend's presidential elections. Now, the Somalia-based Islamic insurgency group Al-Shabaab continues to stage attacks in the country with deadly regularity, targeting politicians and African Union forces in its most recent attacks. Still, this election is scheduled to take place in a heavily guarded and fortified airport hangar in Mogadishu, where Somalia's parliamentary proceedings are sometimes held. Somalia is under pressure to establish a new government by May 17th, or risk losing budget support from the International Monetary Fund, though the country has asked for a three-month extension. Finally, with important political figures gathering for the elections, Al-Shabaab may attempt to find another opportunity to disrupt the proceedings. Turkey's Foreign Minister Mevlut Çavuşoglu will visit the United States on Thursday. It'll be the first bilateral talks in three years. Çavuşoglu will fly to Washington to meet U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken in order to discuss the purchase of 40 F-16 jets as part of a strategic mechanism which sets trade and cooperation goals between both countries. The parties will also discuss Turkey's relation with Russia. Of course, the relations between the U.S. and Turkey have been tense in the past due to issues like Turkey's purchase of Russian air defense missiles and the different stances on the war in Syria. Now, this is the first high-profile visit of a Turkish official to Washington since the Biden administration took office. Turkey hopes to obtain approval from the U.S. Congress to purchase defense materials after a slight improvement in relations with Western countries. That improvement 
due to Turkey's mediation efforts between Russia and Ukraine since the start of the invasion. People across Australia will decide next Saturday if they want three more years of Prime Minister Scott Morrison and his center-right coalition, or a change with Anthony Albanese and his center-left party. It will be the country's first federal election since Morrison's surprise win in 2019. Back then, his coalition upended opinion polls following a campaign that focused on cutting immigration and not messing with the economy. This time around, Morrison has been campaigning on his response to the pandemic. Now, voters appear to be favoring the opposition this time at an even larger clip than in 2019. Recent polls have shown Albanese's Labour Party well ahead of Morrison's Liberal National Coalition. Albanese has been campaigning on lowering the cost of living and promoting job growth. Finally, a Labour Party win would lead to a large upheaval in the status quo of Australia's economy. Last item for this forecast is on the recent attacks by a Colombian paramilitary group known as Clan del Golfo. For more on that, I spoke with Factual Editor Irene Viora. Hi, Irene. Hi, Jimmy. All right, before we get into the recent events, can you give folks just a brief overview of who or what Clan del Golfo is? Is it just a paramilitary group? Well, actually, the Clan del Golfo comes from a paramilitary group, um, it's been one of the most powerful criminal organizations in Colombia since the early 2000s. And it was sort of like a natural evolution of the paramilitary group that was known as the Autodefensas Gaitanistas de Colombia. But actually, these days, we talk about Clan del Golfo as a drug cartel. I see. And what's the latest? What's the cartel's recent violence all about? So the Clan del Golfo called an armed strike on May 5th after the extradition to the United States of its leader, uh, known as Alias Otoniel. And it lasted uh, for four days. It was actually one of the worst armed strikes that the country has seen in the past six or seven years, with a total of like 300 acts of violence and at least six people killed in 11 Colombian municipalities. This is according to authorities, but the numbers could actually be more. What an armed strike is, basically, is uh, criminal organizations in Colombia tend to urge uh, civilians to not leave their homes, go to work, or carry out any sort of, like, activity during a determinate amount of days under, like, threats of violence uh, or even death. And this happens usually in retaliation for government actions. So in this uh, specific case... Uh, the leader of Clan del Golfo, alias Otoniel, was extradited to the United States after what I believe was a search of almost seven years um, under charges of drug trafficking and international crime. When was Otoniel caught and where is he now? So Otoniel was finally captured by Colombian authorities in October 2021 in the Antioquia region. That's uh, where the group uh, mainly operates. And uh, after his arrest, there was criminal actions started in Colombia. There was actually a bit of a controversial point because the special jurisdiction for peace uh, received a list from alias Sotoniel, in which he named several politicians and organizations that had supposedly collaborated with the cartel 
throughout its history. And after this, uh, the United States asked for the extradition and Colombian uh, courts authorized it. Um, this also created a bit of discontent in Colombia because some of the relatives of victims of members of the Clan del Golfo were scared that the cartel and Antoniel were not going to respond for their crimes in the country. But the decision to extradite him was finally taken and he arrived in New York at the beginning of May. Well, Irene, I know it's hard to guess what might happen, especially considering a cartel is involved, but what do you think folks should be watching for next? So, um, Otoniel had his first hearing already um, in a U.S. court. Uh, The next one has been scheduled for June uh, 2nd, after he declared himself uh, innocent of all charges. And a final trial date is still to be determined, but it's unlikely that it will happen before at least like eight months to a year. According to experts and according to the charges he's facing, it's very likely that he will face something between 20 years and a life imprisonment in a maximum security center in the US. But most importantly, I think we should focus on like what we are going to see back in Colombia. After the four days of armed strike, Uh, the Colombian government announced that they were going to try to extradite 16 more members of the organization. In fact, they have actually extradited the sister of Alias Otoniel. And they have offered monetary rewards to anyone who has any information about any member of the group or its activities. They have already announced a significant deployment in the areas where the group is active. And I would expect to see a back and forth of violence between the Clan del Golfo members, and the authorities. Well, Irene, we are out of time, but I really need to thank you for your time today. This is obviously a very important story, and I fear it might be flying under the radar a bit. Thanks for catching us all up to speed. Thank you very much. Take care. One note before you go, the podcast will be off next week, so our next show will actually be May 26th. In the meantime, be sure to follow us on Twitter, where we'll still be posting breaking news. Today's episode was produced with work from Factual Editors David Wiley, Vivian Wang, Irene Viora, and Jeff Lancet. Our interview featured Irene Viora, and our music comes courtesy of Andrew Gosby. Until next time, thanks for listening to the Factual Forecast. We publish our forward-looking podcast each Thursday to help you get a jump start on the week ahead. You can, of course, subscribe for free, and if you have feedback, suggestions, or events we've missed, Drop us a note by emailing hello at factual.com.